We interrupt this program for a special news bulletin. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Stand by for further details. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program. Hey there, everybody. It is P.T. Pop. All four lobes of my brain securely bound behind my back. And welcome to P.T. Pop, a mind revolution where I lead you out of the rabbit hole. One grain of truth at a time. Hope you're all doing well right before this holiday weekend. What is this, the Labor Day weekend? I always confuse Labor Day Memorial Day. Yeah, this is Labor Day. We get Monday off. Woohoo, woohoo, everybody. So I wanted to, I wanted to create a real quick podcast before the weekend because I had an, a very unique experience with somebody. And I wanted to tell you all about it. Before I get to that, I want to give you a little bit of evil self-promotion. Because I am a closeted capitalist. I recently made a movie. It's a documentary called The Artist. A documentary. Clever title, I know. But this is a movie I wrote about the struggles that fine artists have in our country. How hard it is to be an artist if it's possible to make a living at it. And if it's ever too late to become an artist. It's for sale on Vimeo. And also on my website that goes by the same name, which is theartistdocumentary.com. Please check it out. And I'll leave links to that in the description of this podcast. But um, what I want to talk about today was an experience I had with a friend of the family. And a few of us were out to lunch one day. And to the gentleman I was speaking with, our older gentleman, one is uh, in his late 70s, uh, maybe approaching 80, and the other gentleman is 76. And the two men were discussing the current situation in Afghanistan and, and the things that our government should do to uh, to bring the situation to a close, to show those Taliban how serious we are as Americans. And their their answer was wingtip to wingtip B-52 strikes, carpet bombing Afghanistan. And I said, well, don't you think we've had enough time to do all that stuff? We've had 20 years of relentless bombing and snipers and, you know, I'm sure they've thrown everything but the kitchen sink at the Taliban and they beat us and they, they, they wore us out just like they did in Vietnam. And we threw up our hands and said, we're done and we're, we're out of there. Oh, no, 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 they said. Now, keep in mind, these are men that were raised, born in the 1940s, raised in the 50s and 60s. And they have that mentality of the world hasn't changed since 1964. These are men who were raised at John Wayne. It was you're to look up to John Wayne and to Ronald Reagan and, you know, <clears throat> apple pie, mom, apple pie and the, and the American flag and the American dream. And you fight for that and you spill your blood for that. And that's all that matters. And, and war and bombs and guns and bullets solve everything. You know, the whole macho, macho, macho thing. I'm a macho, macho man. <laughs> You know, that macho type of guy that wears a gun on his hip and smokes cigars, eats nails for breakfast, and shits razor blades. 
You know, that kind of guy that thinks he's Dirty Harry that's seen one too many Clint Eastwood movies and thinks that every guy should step aside when he walks into the grocery store. Look out, man. I ride a Harley and I eat nails for breakfast and I shit fire. That kind of guy. Those, these are the kind of guys I was having lunch with. You know, and uh, former military guys, corporate America guys. And they're real macho men. They're they're men. They're real. These are the kind of men that worship John Wayne, you know. They looked up to Ronald Reagan. They do what they can to be men. They buy American cars. They buy American lawnmowers. They buy everything. Even though it's all made in Mexico and Japan, they buy American because that's what you do when you're a man in this country. Yes, macho men in America. So I'm talking with these men about Afghanistan, and I said, haven't, haven't we spent 20 years of our lives bombing and you know, firebombing and bombing and firebombing and raping and pillaging and knocking down doors and killing civilians? Oh, no, no, they don't get it yet. We need to carpet bomb them. And I'm sorry, you know, there's nothing to carpet bomb out there. <laughs> It's, it's a giant desert wasteland of mountains and rocks and goats and very poor, abused people. But these macho men didn't believe me. So the one guy said, so have you ever heard about Building 7? He's like, what are you talking about? This is, this is uh, the 76-year-old guy. Uh, you know, Building 7. He goes, what's, what's Building 7? And I said, well, Building 7 is a, is a third building that fell in the World Trade Center complex on 9-11. He goes, I've never heard of Building 7. What are you talking about? I said, Building 7 is a building that collapsed into its own footprint at free fall speed and fell within a couple of seconds in a nice little neat pile. He goes, I've never heard of that. What are you talking about? And so I pulled up a film of Building 7. I go, what do you think of this? He goes, what's that? And I said, that's Building 7. I, I played, I pressed play on YouTube. And he was getting all macho on me. Macho, macho, man. And he um, watched the building fall. And he goes, he goes, well, I would say that was controlled demolition. Why do you bring that up? What building is that? And I said, that's Building 7 of the World Trade Center complex. It's one of three buildings that fell. And he goes, how do you know that building fell on 9-11? How do you know that film is from September 11th? And I said, well, check with NIST. He's like, oh, we, this, and I said, so he goes, so what are you saying? What, what does this have to do with anything? What does this have to do with Afghanistan? And I said, well, why do you think our armies, unabated, have been allowed to march into any country they wanted since September 11th? He goes, I don't know. What are you saying? What are you saying? He said, why don't you try to connect the dots? What, what, what are the dots you're trying to connect? And I said, well, I said, well, why do you think this building fell at free fall speed? He goes, I don't know. It would have taken months to set that up with demolitions and things like that. And I said, yeah, correct. He goes, so what are you saying? What are you saying? Who do you think is behind 9-11? And I said, well, I think the American government, Israel, and Saudi Arabia. He goes, oh, you don't know. This man, this man started to tremble. His hands were trembling. Like, and they trembled and a sweat broke out on his brow. And he was furious with me, furious that I would insinuate that our government would trick us and tell us 9-11 was anything but what it was. 
He's a macho man. He believes. Here we go. So this guy was telling me that there's no way our government would do this to us. And, you know, I better check my facts. And I said, well, check a group out called 9-11 Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth. He goes, well, what's that? And I said, it's 3,000 architects and engineers that are completely behind an alternate story than other than what the government tells us. They think that those buildings are brought down with internal demolitions. He goes, well, how do you know that? You don't know that. You don't know who these men are, if they're really architects and engineers and these men and women. And I said, well, it's been proven. They've, they've moved, made, made movies and YouTube videos. They've got documentaries out. They're asking for a new investigation in the NIST theory of the building Selvin fell due to common office fires. No, you don't know that. You don't know that. And I said, well, why were there pools of molten lava in the basement of these buildings after 9-11? And this guy was furious with me, completely and utterly furious with me, shaking, trembling, sweating. And he was sitting right next to me. And it occurred to me that as I was talking to him, that I was um, really upsetting him. And I wasn't trying to upset him. I was not. And my intentions weren't to upset him. My intention was to try to educate him. And the more we talked, the quieter I got because he he became enraged. And he said, well, you're really upset. He goes, well, yeah, you're right. You're, you're accusing my government, our government, of of doing a horrible thing. And, you know, I, I'm going to look into this. I'm, and he said he was going to go look into Building 7. I said, look up 9-11, Engineers and Architects for Truth, and Building 7. And as I'm speaking to this guy, I got quiet because I thought of a quote by Mark Twain. And that quote is, no amount of evidence will persuade an idiot. And this guy and the other gentleman I was with, they're, they're wonderful people. They're good people. But they were raised in an era to believe that America is the good guys. They're raised in an era to believe that we wear the white hats and we go galloping into other countries to save them from poverty and from, you know, horrible atrocities. And they don't believe that our government would ever do anything bad to us as Americans. They never lie to us. They would never do an MK Ultra. They'd never do an Operation Paperclip. They would never infiltrate every single branch of the media with the CIA. They wouldn't do that. This is not true. You're just paranoid. You're just paranoid. You're just, you're just, you know, paranoid and you're, you're upset and they won't listen to me. These men do not want to hear this. You, and it occurred to me as I'm talking to them that they were thinking this of me. Are you crazy? 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 They were thinking I was crazy. Without hesitation, their immediate knee-jerk reaction was, there's no way that our government had anything to do with this, and this kid must be crazy. Here I am, like 25 years younger than them, and they think I'm nuts. Even though there's irresputable, undisputable proof that this building fell on 9-11, NIST made a brief report on it, and they, they just said it was common office fires, and that was it. 
but he's like, oh, the building probably didn't fall on 9-11. It probably fell a month later or something like that, he said. I'm like, no, no, it fell on 9-11. Goes, how do you know that? How do you know the video was taken? How do you know that's the building of, how do you know any of this, you know? But it occurred to me as I was speaking to these people that the average person in the world, not just here in the United States, the average person has bought into what I call the age of fear. And, you know, we live in a world, think about it, we live in a world where we're told uh, what to be afraid of and how to be afraid of it. And they want to keep us scared. And they want to keep us thinking that each individual person's government is, the, they're the good guys. They couldn't possibly ever mislead us. And they, they pounded into our head, USA, USA, USA. They do it in all the countries. But here in America, it's America first and America's the good guys. And we would never harm anybody. And we, we're not raping children and women at wartime. No, no, we would never kill a civilian. No, no, no. If it happens, it's just by accident. You've got to believe us. There's no CIA in the media. There's no CIA in the corporations. Even though the head of the North American zone for uh, Anheuser-Busch is CIA. And I, you know, I put something out about that in my last podcast, but it occurred to me that your average person cannot comprehend it, cannot even for a moment, their minds can't handle the fact that their governments are nothing close to what they're told their governments are. The cognitive dissonance between what's perceived and what the reality is, is so far, far from one another that if people really learned the truth, I think they'd have breakdowns. I think these people would have mental breakdowns, severe mental breakdowns, and they wouldn't know what to do with themselves. They would be just like, oh my God, can you imagine, like, let's say 50% of the people, 150 million people here in America went, oh my God, it's all a lie. The elections are rigged. They're all bought and paid for by the corporations, and 9-11 was an inside job, and they sent our men and women into wars that weren't, weren't authorized because of lithium mines and opium fields and oil. Your average person would mentally have a breakdown. They would collapse. They would they would just completely implode mentally. And this isn't this isn't um, you know a guess on my part. I watched it. I watched a seventy six year old man with hair white as snow tremble. He wanted to wring my neck because I wasn't I wasn't insinuating. I came out and said the United States government, Saudi Arabia and Israel were completely behind 9-11. And he was outraged. He was outraged. He couldn't handle his brain was literally fracturing apart as we spoke. It was almost it was scary to watch. And I was just appalled appalled that he wasn't open-minded and enough to to see the evidence to see that this that everything we've been told about our government since at least john f kennedy's assassination forward has been a lie now who the people are who are in power behind the scenes we can all speculate there's some type of shadow government that's calling the shots with biden biden obviously is is an amazing puppet and he's absolutely a puppet. He doesn't think for himself. He doesn't do anything on his own. He's told what to say and when to say and when to ask for questions, things like that. It's just, it's it's not even fascinating to me anymore because it's just so obvious. They flaunt it in our face. 
they just flaunt it in our face. And, you know, Joe Biden said the other day in a, in a maybe a month or so ago in a, in a news conference, he said, oh, who's going to who's going to take on the American people aren't going to take on the on the government. You need F- F-16s and nuclear bombs to do that. Well, that's not what the Taliban needed to kick our military out of Afghanistan. The bottom line is that um, people are scared. We live in an age of fear. And who am I? I'm no one at all. And I've told you in the past, I don't have a doctorate from a fancy school. I don't have any platinum records on the wall. You know, I, I don't have a fancy degree in psychology or social work or sociology. But if you look around, everybody's running scared. We live in a world right now where the word love has become cliche. Love songs are considered to be weak and sappy. They're taking the humanity out of everything. There's there's no talk about the innocent civilians that died in Afghanistan or Iraq or Syria. There's no talk of that. They're they're considered collateral damage. It's as if they're just buildings. Like we we take the humanity out of the people, so it makes the American people more willing to see them die and go. Oh, that's okay. I mean, if if it's gonna free up America and keep us from terrorism, well, we'll let's kill some more people. They're they're basically just the enemy anyway. And then they make it sound like, well, you can't tell who the enemy is, just like they did in Vietnam. You couldn't tell who the enemy was in Vietnam because they all dressed, you know, in their farming clothes and their their regular clothes with their little. I don't know what you call those little uh, round triangular hands the Vietnamese people wore, but it, it doesn't matter. And I can see, you know, it's hard to tell, dif- differentiate, because it wasn't like in Germany where you, you're up against an uh, enemy that dresses in a certain uniform. You know, they had no uniforms in, in Vietnam. The North Vietnamese didn't. The VC, the Viet Cong. We live in what I call the age of fear because they, they keep you scared. Everything you see on TV and the news is about this is coming, that is coming. There's there's violence in the street. There's murders. There's rapes. They they censor our speech in this country now. Before there was just a little bit of censorship, but now you can't say anything. You can't talk about people. You can't make fun of people. And the weird thing is, we live in an area where they censor your speech where you, you can't swear on TV or the radio. You can't use swear words. You can't use the F word or you can't say shit or fuck or, you know, whatever. But what they do is they show you traumatic events like the towers falling in 9-11 over and over and over and over and over and over. And over. What do you think they showed over and over and over and over and over? To brainwash you, to horrify you, to keep you scared. You can't say fuck shit or the seven dirty words that George Carlin talks about. You can't you can't use those. But you can see people jumping out of buildings and 9-11 splattering on the ground. And there's there's TV shows like NYPD Blue or Chicago Blue or the first 48 where they talk about rape and murder and incest and child molestation week after week, night after night. There's at least two shows on every night after 10 o'clock at night where it's just all about real-life real, real life murders. There's police badge camera, body cam videos of other real people getting shot on camera, police being shot, but you can't swear. Isn't that weird? And if you make fun of anybody, they come down on you. But what they do is they keep you, they keep you filled with fear by showing it to you on TV all the time.
They show it to you on the, on the internet and on TV and on YouTube. And they show it to you on Yahoo and Google. And it's everywhere. Fear, fear, fear. Because they want you scared so you're dependent upon the government. They want you afraid so you're dependent upon the system. The corporate system. The capitalist system. Or the communist system. They, or the fascist system. Or the socialist system. They want you dependent upon a larger power. They want you to believe you have no control. They want you to believe you are weak an inferior and you don't know what you're doing so you better listen to Joe Biden because he knows the answers you better listen to Donald Trump because he's he's the one that'll lead us out of deplorable conditions and just like this man this man I spoke to about 9-11 being an inside job he couldn't handle it he, he was condescending and patronizing, and he immediately dis disregarded my information. Even though I showed him irrefutable proof of a building falling at free fall speed on 9-11, he could not even put his mind around it. He couldn't wrap his head around it. He couldn't, he couldn't comprehend it. You could see him. It was almost like there was smoke and sparks coming out of his ears, like he was a robot. There's like, does not compute, does not compute, must get angry. First response to anti-capitalist first response to conspiracy theorist is to get angry become violent angry defend capitalist world defend my government defend usa 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 are you crazy oh. are you crazy are you crazy are you crazy I wish I could have made him see the truth. I wish that build, building collapse in Building 7 would have shown him the truth. Well, you can wish in one hand and crap in the other and see which gets filled first. Thank you, Burgess. It's true. You, you can do a lot, of, a lot of things, you know. And I, I just, there's so much misunderstanding and there's so many tricks they play on you to get you to think one way. Living is easy with eyes closed. Misunderstanding all you see. Yeah, misunderstanding. They want you confused. They want you weak. They want you living in an age of fear. So you're completely dependent upon John Wayne. Whatever John Wayne is in the office, it's always going to be a man in the White House. It's always going to be a man because the, the men run this country. White men run this country. And Barack Obama, I'm not to this day certain if he was really black. Didn't he look kind of like a white guy pretending to be black? And that's the only reason he got elected. That's the only reason why they elected him because most people in this country who are white voted for him because they probably went, oh, well, he's kind of white. He's kind of like a white guy. He's kind of cool like a white guy. He talks to his nose really chaunt, you know. Hey, Barack Obama. He's kind of cool. He's cool looking. And he smokes his cool cigarettes. And he's kind of smile. In this country, they, they got you scared. And they think you're going to be freed. You're going to be saved by the, the, the guy with a nice toupee and a toothy grin and a $10,000 suit. Are you kidding me? These men, these white, wrinkly old white men have been throwing our boys and now our girls into war for 200 years over these ridiculous things that make no sense. But you try, you try talking to somebody who's pro-American, one of these older guys that are macho men, real men, men that you can't, you can't deny, you can't deny them. 
Macho, macho man. They're everywhere. I'm P.T. Pop. This is Mind Revolution. Leading you out of the rabbit hole. One grin of truth at a time. Try to tell people you're a conspiracy theorist. And they'll tell you to, to light their cigar. Kiss their butt. You have been listening to P.T. Pop. A Mind Revolution. Leading you out of the rabbit hole. One grain of truth at a time. Have a good day. Have a good holiday weekend. At least here in the United States. Enjoy your Labor Day weekend where they give you one day off from slavery to corporate America. Bye. Oh, baby. Yeah. Body, body. <laughs> <laughs>